Welcome to episode three, chapter three, Compunctions. Whoop. Right. We're here. We did it. We, yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. That's what we said. Yep. <laughs> we said it. Pretty much all of us. All right, so we've got, uh, this chapter is called Compunctions, um, which is a fun word to say. Literally, just kind of, as I was writing it, just kind of came up and I was like, that sounds like a good chapter title. I don't know why, but I like it. It's a, it's a great word. It means um, compulsory punctuation. I was going to say punctuation. Um, it's like when you can't stop screaming, you put you compulsively put an exclamation mark at the end of every one of your sentences. I um, do that all the time. Yeah. yeah. Literally, this is a very, like, um, a very widespread phenomenon going on right now. Not many people might know that they suffer from compunctions, um, but if you are the type of person where you're sending a work email and you feel like oh, if I don't end every sentence at an exclamation point, they're going to think that I'm mad at them. But I'm just so like, excited. But but you don't need an exclamation point. Every, as the English teacher, I'm telling you, you really don't. They're not actually used that much in normal writing. So no. you may be compunction positive if you find yourself doing that, and you should seek uh, grammatical help immediately. <laughs> That's literally every one of my tweets, every sentence after the exclamation point, because I'm just so excited all the time. Hey, yeah. About those things. Enthusiasm. I mean, and thank goodness they increased the character count, so you really could include as much punctuation as you wanted to. Yeah. 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 I don't have to worry about how compunctioned I was. Right. Compunctioned? <laughs> I don't know how to like, use the word in that tense. And we've been very compunctual <laughs> to, uh, you know, record this yeah. and release it on time, compunctually. And yeah. it's really just being <laughs> compunctual is just, it's common courtesy. If you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. Right. Right. Fired in most situations if you're not 15 minutes early, right. I think. Yeah. Man, I would Maybe have not. been fired a long time ago because Lily and I never get to work on time. Uh, where does Lily work now? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that sentence needs some backstory. That Lily goes to the school I teach at, so I bring her with me every day. Yeah. Instead of sending her to the school she's supposed to go to. Correct. Right. So he can, she can help him teach. Compunctually. Yes. <laughs> she, yes. has, she helps me teach compunction. Yeah. Contractually. <laughs> and compunctually. Do, do you have the actual definition of compunction up there? I do. For those of you that don't realize this is a joke. Yeah, the, the real definition of compunction, as according to Dr. Google, is a feeling of guilt or moral scruple that prevents or follows the doing of something bad. Scruple was my least favorite ancillary character on Scooby-Doo. Scruple do, scruple do. I don't know why those but, dogs just get smaller and smaller. Yeah, scruple do's tiny. I don't know why when you, I thought you were gonna bring up Mega Man. I have no idea why. Oh, I could just see like scruple, scruple man. man. Yeah, <laughs> from Mega Man eighteen. I feel what does like, he shoot or what is his power? He shoots that that stuff that's kind of like spam from Pennsylvania. Scruple, I think. Scrapple. Ah. Uh, no, that's the apple ham. <laughs> I think. Ham made from apples. Could be. Um, I feel like I was. I am currently that meme that's like, I was this many years old when I realized blank. My parents had this, like, it was a board game, but not a board game. But it was in a box, and it was, like, black and white, and it looked like a, the front of a composition notebook. And it was called Scruples, but when I was a kid, I never oh. understood, like what it was, and I don't know, they kept it in a closet, so I kind of assumed it was 
not for my eyes, but oh, now I realize it was like a card game where like you pick up a card and like read a scenario and it's like, would you do this or would you do that? Like, you know, you go on a first date and she has lipstick on her teeth. Let her know, let it go kind of thing. Gotcha. You just scrape it off with a knife. Yeah. Like the back end. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, just retrain <laughs> Let me get this for you for a second. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that sounds awful. Crunch, crunch, crunch. I just, I can't imagine playing that game with Tim. Because I feel like you just be like, yeah, I'd do that. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, as a Slytherin, he finds the opportunity. <laughs> wow. All right. every, you can't deny it. We've done, we've done multiple tests that yes. you were Slytherin. Yes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> never once did he get Hufflepuff. Nope. Not never. even twice in a row. <laughs> Not even six times in a row. <laughs> It's fair, though. Hufflepuff's the best house. Just like blue is the best color. I mean... If only Hufflepuff were blue, but Ravenclaw is, so... I'm just saying that people ask, like, what's your favorite color? And I say, well, blue is the best color, so obviously my favorite color is blue. Mm. Cerulean blue. The the Crayola Crayon Cerulean blue, specifically. It's pronounced Kerulean. <laughs> Kerulean. Kerulean. Yeah. I knew a girl oh. named that once. Carolean? Carolean. No. <laughs> <laughs> what a name. Oh my gosh. So anyway, the the name of the chapter is Compunctions. Nothing to do with punctuation. Everything to do with... Uh, Propulsion. You know, Propulsion. Feeling yeah. good or bad about doing a thing. Before I forget, because I usually do, uh, I do want to say, once we get to the chapter, that um, sound effects, music, and all that is brought to you by the app Sirenscape. Uh, so I want to give them a cool shout out. Um, Thank so you, then, Sirenscape. Where's a place that say someone could go if they wanted to find out more um, about you, Dan Cole? Oh yeah, oh. it's really easy. You just go to dancoleauthor.com. Oh yeah, that is really easy to remember. I feel like you should have like shirts with that on them. There's a cool if you go to dancoleauthor.com. There's a cool button up in the top right corner that says merch. Or like Merc- link, to link to merch, and then you, you could get a shirt that has my logo in that on it, which is pretty cool. What about yes. like if someone wanted to just follow you, but on the internet and not in person? Because that <laughs> I mean, would be crazy. yeah. They, and I mean, I'm pretty boring to follow in person anyway. I mean, we know you're late to work all the time, so I'm not late to work, but I'm not 15 minutes early. Okay. He's not compunctual. Compunctual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. At Facebook. Um, you can follow me on there. Search for Dan Cole author on Twitter. It's icedan underscore hdh. Good. That's about it for yeah. yeah I know. Like we talk about it every time that right I on. need to change it, but yeah. I don't want to. What if you changed in. it from Ice Dan to Iced Ann? <laughs> Ice Dan HDH. Yeah. I, I mean iced that's a possibility. This got dark. Facing people. Wow. I mean, you know, mob boss? Changes, like, wow. All right, well, we're going to get to this chapter. Okay. Chapter three. If you haven't listened to one and two, go back and do that first. Otherwise, enjoy chapter three. Compunctions. Chapter three. Compunctions. Lanny sat in class, her head propped up on her hand, staring out the window. This was her usual position for eighth bell, the time of the day near the end of the near the end of school that seemed so much further away than forty-five minutes. Lanny got the most restless. 
Lanny longed to leap out the window again, feel the thrill of the fall, the elation at the landing, the excitement of real danger. The danger of the fall was nothing like the danger she had experienced with Grobin the week before. Grobin was an unknown, something out of a storybook. She was alarmed by the goblin, but with her dagger, her tanto, she still thought she would have been fine. Where do the mongers get their powers? Lani. The teacher at the front of the room asked. Lani looked at him with only her eyes moving. <sighs> Gray Malkin and the Void. Lani said without a shred of emotion. That's right. Glad to see you are listening. Good that we all understand that the fearmongers get their power directly from the source and are to be feared as much as the wilds beyond the wall. The fearmongers are here to keep the peace, keep us safe, but will not tolerate even a surfacer citizen like us breaking any rules. Lainey rolled her eyes and resumed her gaze out the window, letting her mind wander again, this time to the letter in her back pocket. She was quick enough to stash the letter when her father caught her in the study the past weekend and had gotten away with a scolding. There were no rules against her being in the study, but the fact that she was in there at night with no lights other than a small torch she was holding in her mouth led Lenore to believe that someone had broken into their apartment. Her father had been sweating with fear and had called Brutus in to investigate. Lainey was ushered out of the study and assured that her mother and father would answer all of her questions when they felt the time was right, which was not then and hadn't been since. Lainey had read the letter at least 3,000 times since she discovered it. She showed Brutus, who seemed almost excited as she was. He promised her he would look into the city of Dran, even though he had never heard of it either. They had been making preparations all week, and four full days of school in a row was beginning to wear on Lanny. She kept looking at the clock, waiting until she could get out of there and meet Brutus in Jork's pub. They decided that that was the best place to plan their trip away from any possibility of being discovered by her parents. Not that they were watching. They almost never inquired into what Lanny did. That was quite literally Brutus's job. Lainey still couldn't believe that Brutus was going along with her, even encouraging the trick, thinking of so many things Lainey didn't. Brutus may not have ever left Gaul, same as Lainey, but as a primal, he had a lot of connections all over the city. Getting out would not be a problem, not for Brutus. Getting a young human girl through the walls, into the wilds, well, that was another story. Again, Brutus assured her that he had a plan, and things would be fine, at least until they were beyond the wall. After that, there was no way to plan for everything that could happen. So far, Brutus had told her his plan to get them with some kind of caravan, traveling somewhere. He had discovered tales of another city far to the east, and where, when he asked about the name Dron, people seemed to register that that's what it used to be called, but no one had come from that city in well over a decade. With their plan to escape and a direction to travel in, all that was left was to collect provisions to have on the road. This city would always... The city could be days away on foot, or worst case, weeks. Brutus didn't have any compunctions about his ability to survive on the road, but Lanny, for as much as she was in shape and as strong as and tough as she was, was not so sure. A bell rang and violently broke Lanny's revere. She punched out, her fight-or-flight reaction always defaulting to fight, and in doing so, knocked over her digislate onto the floor, cracking the digital screen. A few of the other students around her laughed, but most ignored her. Lanny was used to that, being ignored. She didn't have any friends at school. All the other students always did what they were told, scared of their teachers and the rules. Lanny wasn't afraid of anything. She wasn't really scared of the monger in her room the other night, just so surprised. Miss Jahirin, you were asleep in my class again. The teacher's eyes looked huge through his thick glasses, his bushy mustache even bigger. I wasn't sleeping, Mr. Fink. No, it sure looked like it. Don't do it again. Be prepared for our quiz tomorrow. You did well answering that question today. 
Lanny nodded and made her way out the door. Waiting for her were her three favorite students, Isabel, Irma, and Emerson. The three girls sneered and looked at Lanny up and down with derision. What even are those boots? Isabel said through her teeth. Lanny tried to ignore them and walk past, clutching her now broken slate, but Irma stuck out a foot to trip her. Lanny saw the clumsy attempt, as she was already looking down at her feet, so was easily able to step over. How do you always know I'm going to do that? Irma whined. Lanny continued to ignore the trio and sped up her walking. Hey, don't ignore us. We weren't done with you. Lanny heard the footfalls of the three girls behind her. She again sped up her walking, and she just wanted to make it to the next class in peace and then get out of here. The hallways were empty. All the students had made it to their last class without incident. Lanny hoped she would be as lucky. She skidded around a corner and dropped her slate once again, the glass tinkling away in pieces. She scrambled to pick them up when a shoe came down roughly in her hand, the shards of glass digging into her palm. I said we weren't done with you. Lanny looked up to the three faces of her tormentors. The three girls all had large eyes and fair skin and used their differences from Lanny to relentlessly pick on her. Lanny growled and ripped her hand from under her, the shoe, leaving a smear of bright red blood behind. She didn't look up. She just kept picking up pieces of glass and setting them on the slate. You're a freak, you know that? Lanny wasn't paying enough attention to even register which girl said it. We all know what you do when you run out of here. What kind of psycho can jump from a window and not die when they hit the ground? Lanny ground her teeth with anger. She wasn't even sure why she was so angry. She had asked herself the same questions in the past. The three girls above her were something she couldn't fight, though. She had talked to school officials in the past about their relentless bullying, but her concerns were always brushed away as typical teenage behavior. Lanny often fantasized about beating them all up. She knew she would have no problem against the three of them, but even she didn't actually want to take it that far. We know you go to the dregs after school. This time Lanny could tell it was Isabel, the de facto leader of the triad. That's so gross. What, do you have a goblin boyfriend down there or something? The girls laughed and Lanny felt her gorge rise, the face of Grobin appearing in her head felt his hand on her arm, but she brushed the thought away, trying to concentrate on the tiny pieces of glass. I bet she sneaks around with that bushy minotaur. Lenny could feel her face flush with anger, but she did her best to ignore them. Her hands trembled with barely repressed rage, one of her fingers opened from but cut by the glass shards. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna have weird minnow babies or something. The other girls laughed. Lenny had had enough. No one talks about her and Brutus like that. Isabel and the other girls' laughs changed into screams as blood splattered on the wall of the hallway. Irma and Emerson ran, but Isabel stayed, clutching at her face. Blood and tears ran down her white cheeks as she screamed and cried. Lainey looked down at her dagger in her hand, Isabel's blood on it. Lainey looked back to Isabel as students began to move into the hallway, teachers trying to shove their way past to see what the screaming was about. Lainey swiftly wiped the knife on her pants and sheathed it, her mouth agape in shock at what she'd done. Uh, I'm sorry. Lainey sprinted down the hall to her favorite escape window. Lanny was sitting at the bar at Jork's, nursing a sweet nectar when Brutus came in. He filled the doorway and saw Lanny's face, her eyes red from crying. He immediately ran to the bar to see if Lanny was alright. Lanny looked up to the Minotaur, tears in her eyes and spilling down her cheeks. He checked, over quick, checked her over quickly to make sure she wasn't hurt. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was all Lanny could muster as he ran his large hands up and down her arms and legs checking for injury. Are you alright? Tell me what happened. You're here too early. Brutus comforted her as best he could. The dark bar made it easy for Lainey to hide she was crying, but Brutus had no idea why she was trying to. Not like she knew of any of the handful of current patrons. Maybe it was Jork she didn't want to see her crying? That made sense. Lainey always put on a show of how tough she invincible she was 
Jork only ever saw that side of her, the tough girl who was not afraid of anything, especially not the dregs. We have to leave tonight. Now. I'm sorry. I really nerked up. Yeah, what I heard from the school, you did. Now tell me everything. Maybe it's not that bad. Lainey talked for almost three minutes without taking a breath. She included everything she thought was important, and even some things that probably weren't. Brutus stared at Lainey for a moment before he could collect his thoughts. Okay, that's... that's really bad. The mongers warned you, and then you cut a girl at school. You had one day off of probation without me following you, and this happened. Brutus sighed deeply and ran a hand down his long face. <sighs> we need to leave tonight. If we don't get out of Gaul, you might spend the night or more in the clink. Brutus leaned over the bar, resting his hands on the surface. Lenny noticed his muscles move as his fingers tapped the bar in a seemingly random pattern. Brutus's hunched shoulders and his huge head nearly shivered as he worked through whatever it was in his head. Okay, I've got a plan. At least part of one. I don't think it's safe for you to go to the house. I wouldn't be surprised if mongers are there already. I don't think it's safe here either. It's only a matter of time before your parents bring up the name Jork. Which will lead them right here. Yeah, and if we can't have that... Uh, so, where else can you hole up till I'm ready? She can always stay at my place. Jork surprised both of them, speaking up behind the bar. I've got a few little ones at home that would love to spend time with an Ayumi girl. Lainey looked at Brutus expectantly, mostly because she had no better idea. Uh, could work. Hmm. No real reason for you to be here. There. I only worry about the other patrons here. They could spill the beans oppressed or bribed. I can close up for the night. No one will talk then. No, I think that'd be too suspicious. Why would you close up? We'll have to take our chances. Nothing was that is without risk at this point. I have to go back to the house. That's enough risk as it is. Why do you have to go back? Didn't you say mongers would be there? We might have some time before they go to the house. Or maybe if I'm really lucky, they'll already have been and gone. I need to get to supplies I've been prepping. I thought I'd have more time to get ready. Lanny winced at that. They had planned to leave after the next week of school, let things settle down, and disappear in the night. Brutus insisted that he needed that much time to set up contacts and cover to get out of the city. The plan won't be as smooth as I'd like, but I think I can make it work. You just have to do exactly as I say. When do I not? Lainey answered with a smile, knowing full well that Brutus would not find it funny. Okay, you go to Jork's. I'll go to the house and get the rest of what we need. Any requests? I know you don't need that stupid knife. No, just some changes of clothes would be good. And some food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I planned all that. Already have a bag made up for you. Got your new stuff for the road. Street clothes won't cut it out there. Oh, wow. You've really thought of everything, haven't you? Well, not everything, but I try. Brutus winked at Lanny and stomped out the door. Wow. wow. That was crazy. Wow. Yeah, good wow. job. Wow. I mean... You cut that wow. girl. You know what? In Here's the, the thing. Yeah. You back me into a corner, and I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do, and then I accidentally cut somebody. They say that about animals. If you were to back even like a like a rabbit or a chipmunk, that it'll probably take out a knife and cut you. <laughs> like, In the face. Like the, yeah. the, the crab with the knife. Yeah. <laughs> going down the sidewalk. <laughs> oh, right? And like, they have... Like pincers, they already have weapons. Yeah, and just wasn't enough for that crap, apparently. Two levels of weapons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so stuff has hit the fan. Yeah. Lanny messed up. Pretty bad. I feel like that's that's gonna be that's gonna have some repercussions. I think. Mm. A really compulsive rhetorical <laughs> action. <laughs> say another she, big word there. She didn't have compunctions about cutting. Oh yeah, that's what I meant to say. 
Yeah. She got compunctured in the face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. I'm going to go to my local uh, piercing pagoda and get a new compunction, I think, <laughs> my ear. Um, compunction your cartilage. Yeah. No, I remember when I was reading the actual like novel version of this, and I got to that point, and it was just so interesting to see her, to see Lanny's character development, where she just wants to be left alone, and she's clearly like not loving her life, but she just wants to you know go to school and get it over with. And then these girls are just, like, brutal to her. And just how she, you know, lashes out without thinking. Um, It's very interesting. And especially, like, she is the girl without fear. So she's not afraid of them. She just gets annoyed. I like to think she's like the Hulk Laney is. She's just angry all the time. She just wants to be left alone. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then you know, she... Well, in that case, she's slashed, not smashed. Yeah. Lanny <laughs> slash. <laughs> uh, wow. Should that be the new name of the book? Lanny <laughs> slash. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I had something. It's gone. I was going to say, it looked like you were about to say yeah. something. Um, I am really excited to see the development of the world geographically because we've seen like Lanny's world and the dregs and then to see Jork's house which is another level that'll be that'll be a good time yeah super nice of Jork to just be like yeah it's cool that you you know stab people or whatever but hang out at my house with my kids when I'm not there right just he's a good guy he didn't guy. even say don't stab him right he was just yeah. like he knew what yep. was up yep. Yep. <laughs> he knows that his Littles, as he calls them, Littles. aren't going to be bullying her to the point where she's going to lash yeah, out irrationally. Yeah, they before she yes. would, would I would hope them. so. It's like... They know what happened to his tooth, so... His, they no, his horn. Oh, his horn, that's right. The yeah. spikes on yeah. his head, yeah. yeah. Spines. Yeah, don't ask um, him about it. But don't ask about that. Don't ask. Don't like it. But his kids know, the littles know. And, I can, was going to say... I, are like, we going to find out at some point what happened to his spine? We might. We might? All right. I'm not going to say yes or no at this point. All right, I'm going to keep listening now to this podcast <laughs> while I find out. <laughs> I mean, you'll probably find out as you read it and act it out. You'd think. You'd think. <laughs> But probably not. <laughs> you don't listen. Just, uh, well, I don't want to spoil it for myself later. And, and Tim gets so in the zone of his character that he doesn't even really, right. you know, react. It's just total tunnel vision, really like method acting. Yeah, yeah he method comes acting. in here and he already <laughs> is a jerk. What's that? So you come in here and you're already George. Yeah, normally. Like I thought, uh, my spines are broken in real life, so <laughs> it was really nice for me to connect with the character. I thought the face paint was over the top at first, but now I respect yeah, it. I appreciate yeah. it. Yep. <laughs> you know, I do what I can. Uh, so yeah, I would love to hear, like, predictions. What do you think is going to happen from here, kind of thing? I already know. I read the book. Not from you. Oh. From okay. other listeners. Oh yeah. That's yeah. a great question. Yeah. You should tweet at us. How many corners are there left in the world for Lonnie to get backed into so she can <laughs> right. puncture people? Because she, with that Tonto, like, whew. And she knows how to use it. Uh, it talks at one point about how Brutus has been training her in a martial art since she was, like, three or four years old. So yeah. she's actually quite skilled. Yeah. Can you imagine a three- or four-year-old trained with a knife? Oh, my God. It's terrifying. <laughs> well, it's like the, the pictures, like, the fake products of, like, the toddler, like, 
ankle weights to like slow them down. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. you're slowing down you're that child for a month, and then you're screwed. Yeah, you snap those yep. off, and he's yeah, yep. just like gone. Goku with his crazy walls. weighted vest yeah. training. Yep, <laughs> or the yeah. turtle shell way back in Dragon Ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I like to imagine her as um, the very beginning of the Legend of Korra. The animated show, oh, yeah. where she like burst in the room and she's like, "I'm the Avatar, deal with it." I imagine that's what Lainey was like as a kid, where she was just off the wall. So Which like that incredible. was one reason they got Brutus to be like, "Okay, you can physically hold her down right, you're because you're so big." Her parents are not like hands-on parents. At not all. even they, a little bit. You seem very um. Uh, what's the word? Laissez-faire? They're <laughs> laissez-faire. They're very, just, it's an inconvenience to them to be parents. In a way. You know. Yeah. I mean, they're they're actors, though. You know, they want to be right. doing yeah. actor things, not, yeah. you know, raising a knife-wielding... <laughs> Hormonal <laughs> teenager that's slashing yeah. girls in the face she in the bathroom. She didn't have the knife Hobo all monk. the time. No, no, yeah. no. Hobo monk? Yeah. <laughs> Hobo monk. Yeah. Knife monk. <laughs> that sounds like your kind of D&D character. Yeah, normally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I do have to say, no spoilers, but the history of the Tonto is super exciting. It gets really interesting later on in the story, so if you, you mean, tune in... You mean it has, like, a bigger part of uh, the story? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not just for cutting pretty faces. <laughs> <laughs> is that what broke Jork's <gasps> spine? The Tonto? The Tonto? You cut it is the Tonto made from his broken spine? Oh, snap. Mind blown. Mm. I, you guys have to keep listening. Yeah, apparently. In two weeks when the next one comes out. Well, if you're listening to this today, it comes out. But yeah. Every well, other Thursday. Yeah. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't people be chomping at the bit for this? Right. Any chapter going forward could describe how Jork has a broken spine. Right. True. The listeners need to know. Yeah. And maybe they'll find out. That is probably the biggest mystery of this entire story. Easily. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's another thing. What are your predictions about how did Jork get his head spine broken off? <sighs> hmm. Do you have a prediction, Tim? Yeah. <laughs> um, full contact chess. Oh, oh. Is that like... Like Wizards. More chess. than 3D chess? No, it's just if you're losing at chess, you get mad... And then you throw the board. That definitely sounds like a, how an orc would play that game. Yeah, or a jork. In this particular, this particular jork. I think he's yeah. calmed down a bit in his age, because well, he's like past middle-aged orc. Right. Well, after the fateful day when the chessboard broke his spine, he really had to settle down. Was right. it like a granite chessboard? Granite, yes. <laughs> yep. He had to take so, a long look at his broken spine in the mirror. Like, yeah. you've reached Every day he has granite to wake bottom. Up. Not yep. rock bottom, but granite bottom. Granite I feel bottom. like you just named a Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> not granite, but granite. Granite. That's just a rock yes. type. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're joking about Shaped how... like a countertop. <laughs> <laughs> just a flat piece of rock. It evolves into Home Depot. <laughs> We're joking about how a lot of Pokemon names are just what it looks like pronounced differently. I think I was playing Pokemon Sword and Danny was watching and she was like, what is that thing? And I was like, it's a Maractus. Because it looks like, it it looks looks like, like a, a cactus. cactus. <laughs> Maractus. And I Give was me like, a break. To be fair, Maractus is not a good Pokemon. But, no. I do like the name. Maractus. Maractus. I think, I think it's also a play on maracas. I'm pretty sure the end of its arms look like maracas. That so it's like true. a maraca cactus. 
I'm gonna have to look that up once we're done recording because okay. now I'm pretty like a sure. Practice almost. Exactly right. like that. If oh, it okay. is in fact a maraca cactus, I kind of like it. You know what? I have a phone in but front and my hands. I can just Google search it's this. It's like a cactus, but different. Mm. All right, so listeners, hit us up on Twitter. Dan will do a post, and we want your responses. Yeah, that looks like a maraca cactus. And leave a comment or send a tweet about how you think Jork lost his spine. Yeah, predictions for how Jork or broke, broke his it. spines. He and might have lost it. He might still have it. Does he still have true. it? That's true. He might still have it. Yeah. Oh, man. And what were the other predictions you wanted? What's going to happen in the story? It was, what's going to, like, going to Jork's yeah. house. Right. And all that. Yeah, and like, how's Lana gonna get out of this? Because she's kind of in a big old pit full of poop. It is a pretty deep hole. Yeah. Obviously, she's gonna stab her way out of it. Yes, that's <laughs> the only way. Right. She does yeah. still have a big long knife. Right. That'll certainly help. But right. like, the monger's already mad at her. Right. She's kind of, you know. Can you stab a monger? I mean, you could. Don't they have like masks? Like fear. I mean, stabbing him right in the face is probably not gonna work very well. Right. But yeah. Well, that's all she knows how to... But that's, would that's she... That's <laughs> what we've seen her do so yeah. far. So, legit question. Yeah. Because when the mongers visited her, she wasn't afraid, but she still did have a physical response because of the moats that they yeah. emit. Would she even physically be able to, like, lash out at them, or would she be, like, paralyzed and incapacitated? Has anyone ever? physical response. Well, typically, you know? the monger... At some point, I wouldn't imagine, yeah. They're, like, the peacekeepers of the city, so... Like, that's their job. They're they're really good at making it so that doesn't happen with, like, the fear motes, is to, in a way, incapacitate people before they have to physically do that. Yeah. But... Is there a range of their motes? Is it concentrated in front of them? Could someone, like, be like, yeah, let's... Could you call them and they come, right? Yeah. Could someone, like hide on a rooftop and then throw rocks at them and not be scared or would they be scared what's the aura of their presence <laughs> that's pretty fair question I would imagine it's not it's not super far you know a few yards out of knife stabbing least. range though yeah so they can't get compunctured super easy <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a long setup for that joke yeah. <laughs> yeah, way was. to bring it back around though <laughs> I forgot what part of your question was I got distracted no, I'm just wondering, like, would she even be able to attack them? Because she, physically, like, would her body be able to do that? Even though mentally she's not afraid, her body is still reacting. Because I feel like other people wouldn't really have the compunction hmm? uh-huh. um, to do that because the mongers are so, like, ingrained in their everyday lives that, like, they don't have to be around the mongers to be afraid of the mongers. It's that, um, like, kind of like conditioning They've been conditioned to fear them, but right. he doesn't feel that. Right. I think if it was, again, to the whole back into a corner thing and she thought there was no way out, she would be able to because typically, like, the whole flight or fight response, she never even considers the flight part. Right. Like, she always goes to fight yeah. instead. Part of it is that she's, like, unable to do that because the flight is usually associated with fear. Sometimes it's just preservation. Right. I need to get out of here to survive. But she never thinks of that. Yeah. That's just not how she works. Okay. Interesting. Cool. I can't wait to see what happens in Chapter 4. Yeah. And that, uh, so next one, obviously next up is Chapter 4. Uh, that is titled Abodes. So check in, see what happens next time. <laughs>